You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell begins a new series on your mind, your strongest strength, your weakest weakness. This series explores the relationship between the mind and the outcomes we actually produce. In this first part, Linnell explores how we interpret the word no. Let's join the conversation. Your mind your strongest strength, your weakest weakness. And first I want to get into how we interpret this word no. And so at the beginning of the year, I, you know, like I said, I always, you know, there's, I go, I go through a certain ritual. One of the things that I do is I read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich over again. I haven't done that yet, but that's on the list. Um, I haven't even grabbed the book. I'll tell you what, I, um, so let me tell you what happened. And, and I'll, I'll get into <laughs> how we experience no. But I'm going I'm to take you on a journey, like, so you can understand how I process things and, and how some of this stuff, you know, ends up becoming a part of what I write and, and what I share on the radio. So my coach, I have a coach, my coach, we, we, we are covering everything for 2015. And uh, he shot me an email. He's like, hey, man, you got to check out this Tony Robbins, Timothy Ferris podcast. Okay. And so uh, I got the link and uh, downloaded the link. And uh, in the car, I started listening to it, you know. So listening to Tony Robbins and Timothy Ferris. And, you know, I, 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 I used to listen to Tony Robbins quite a bit. Uh, but I, I moved on, I, you know, listening to other people. And I forgot how much I liked him, okay. And Tony is the truth. And so, so anyway, uh, the podcast had a lot to do with his book, uh, Money. Uh, how to win the game, um, the money game, and the seven financial. I can't, I can't remember the title of the book, but anyway, I bought it. I put it all over Instagram, so you know, you guys who watch me on, Insta, on Facebook and Instagram, you saw it. And so I got this book, and when I was in the store getting the book, I was like, you know, I'm gonna buy all the Tony Robbins stuff I don't have, okay? And and I'm getting to a point here, you know, multiple points. I want to talk about you know how we experience no, but follow me, okay? Because this is. You might say, okay, what does Linnell do to program himself so that what I talk about is so easy? I don't need a script. Part of it is because this is my diet. You know, this is what I eat consistently. I mean, you ask Pam. We, we, were, we were headed to the, to the movies last night, and we got in the car, and it's Tony Robbins' voice. And I said, I'm sorry I'm not the regular guy that would, you know, have R&B playing and, you know, romance you. But uh, this is who you're getting. <laughs> this is who you're marrying. You know, <laughs> this is what's going to be playing. That's my diet. But anyway, so my, my coach sent me the podcast. I checked out the podcast. I got completely reacquainted with Tony Robbins. He's like my new my new inspirational crush. So I, I, I grabbed a couple of the, the, uh, the CDs I didn't have. One of them was Unlimited Power. Never listened to it before. I popped it in and, you know, on the way back and forth to work. I'm listening. Check it out. Unlimited power. And he told this story that I'm going to tell you guys on the, the one hour series, the CD. And this is what this is what brought up 
you know, experiencing no. I talked about this subject before and I've written about it, but the story was so compelling. I'm like, all right, we got to talk about that again. So he was talking about Colonel Sanders. We, we all know who Colonel Sanders is, right? Kentucky Fried Chicken. And uh, he was talking about Colonel Sanders. So Colonel Sanders, when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken, you would not believe how old he was. Hey, Zach, you know, you know how old this guy was when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken or when he, the whole concept came about? Colonel Sanders? 65. 65 years old. And check this out. And part of the reason that he started Kentucky Fried Chicken and he, he got his chicken recipe out is because he got his Social Security check. And the check was for $90. And he said to himself, I can't live on this. <laughs> he had retired. He was 65 years old. And he got a $90 check. And he said, I can't do this. Now, I wonder what a lot of us would do. We probably spent a lot of energy complaining. Oh, man, the government ain't got me. I ain't worked all this time. They didn't send me a $90 check. Nah, he didn't do that. Well, he probably did, maybe for a few minutes. <laughs> but then he said, what can I do? What can I do? This is not going to work. I can't live on that. What can I do? What do I have that I can sell to people that they might want? And he thought about his chicken recipe. Hey, you know what? When I cook chicken, people love it. They love it. And they always ask me about it. I bet you I could sell that, Right. So he decides that he's going to put on his white suit, <laughs> okay, with that bow tie, and he's going to go and ask people that are already selling chicken. All right, they already chicken shacks, okay? Now, I'm, I'm going to ask them if they want to buy my recipe and give me a percentage of all the chicken they sell. That sounds kind of insane, don't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, is that plausible? Could I do that right now? You think you think uh, Harold's and Uncle Joe's uh, listen to me? I think they're pretty locked in right now. Yeah, they're pr- pretty locked in. So as you can imagine, what word do you think he heard a lot? No. No. <laughs> he heard no a lot. Okay. Now, you won't believe how many times he heard no. And I think this is the perfect way to start this segment or, or, or ask this question. Guess how many times he said no. Matter of fact, if you can guess it, I got a $100 bill in my pocket. I'll give it to you. If you can guess how many times Colonel Sanders heard no, and you got to get it to the, to the, to the money. <laughs> $100 is a lot of money, brother. But if you can guess how many times he said no, he, got, he heard no, I'll give you $100. All right, Zach, how many times? He thinking, y'all. <laughs> he like I could use that hundred. <laughs> Let's say two hundred and fifty times. Two hundred and fifty times. Okay, you're wrong. You got to multiply that by four and put wow. nine on it. Wow. He heard no one thousand nine wow. times before the first person bought his recipe. Now I just got done talking about commitment. Was he committed? Was he committed, Zach? I got to hear your absolutely. voice. He was, he was absolutely committed. He was absolutely committed. One of the things I talk about all the time is persistence, right? How persistence works. Man, 250 times, would you have stopped? Uh, if, it was, if it was something I was really dedicated to, I probably would have kept. You would have kept going. Yeah. Zach's that kind of dude. I love it. I, I, I don't know, Zach. I probably, I'm being honest. 
I, I probably at 200 would have said, well, maybe this is not the business for me. <laughs> maybe maybe shift your goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, maybe I shouldn't be selling a chicken recipe. Maybe I need to be doing some. Maybe I need to be on the radio inspiring people. <laughs> anyway, so check this out. He heard no 1,009 times before he sold his first recipe. If he had stopped at 250, y'all would not be eating KFC, period, okay, or Kentucky Fried Chicken. Y'all, you, you wouldn't have never tasted it if he had stopped. So my question around how we experience no is a relevant one because I have it that no is one of the major reasons why we don't accomplish our goals. And I also have it that no is one of the major barriers that keep us from living the life of our dreams, period. Period. Now, how do I know that? Well, first, number one, you don't give the word much thought. And because you don't give the word much thought, more than likely you experience the word on autopilot. That's a that's a problem. The fact that you experience that word on autopilot is a problem because if there's any other word in the English language that I think you should really be trying to figure out what's behind it, it is a two letter word. No, like. Are they really saying no or are they saying I'm scared? Are they really saying no or are they saying not right now? Are they really saying no? Are they saying yes, but? Because no has a lot of translations. I mean, am I right or wrong? You're right. Okay. So. So think about that. The word no has a lot of a lot of translations. But what implicate what implications does this word have on your life? Are you translating it properly? I would venture to guess that very few of us have given this two-letter word a significant amount of thought. Like, I mean, we've been talking about no for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, have you given it that much thought? Yet when we hear the word, when we hear the word no, it typically has a significant impact on our psyche and our emotions. Again, the autopilot. Autopilot comes in. All right, here's another question for you to ponder. I know I'm throwing a lot of questions at you. Hopefully you got some paper and a pen. What is it about this word no that gives it so much power? Like, why does this two-letter word have so much power? And it does have power. Check this out. The word no is so powerful that we often anticipate hearing it and proactively change our plans. Like if I know that Zach is going to tell me no, if I know that Pam is going to tell me no, then I might actually not even ask. Like I already said to myself, now nah, they're going to say no. And so instead of ever asking, I completely change my plans. Therefore, I will never have knowledge of how they would have really truly answered because just anticipating a no is so powerful that it make me not ask. Wow. Seriously, think about that. I mean, there are questions that we will not ask, things that we will not do, barriers that we will not cross simply to avoid hearing the word no. Why do we fear this word, y'all? All All right, I'm going to tell you, check this out. In 2008, the American Psychological Association published a study on a baby's top 10 first words. And I shared this before. All right. So again, in 2008, the American 
Psychological Association published a study on a baby's top 10 first words. They studied babies at an average age of about 11 to 12 months, so almost a year old. And they studied babies from the United States, Hong Kong, and Beijing. Now, what they wanted to understand is what words do these babies learn to say first? Guess which word showed up in the top 10 first words for babies from the United States and Hong Kong? Guess which one? Was it no? Yes, that's right. The word no. Now, after barely a year on Earth, most babies from the United States and Hong Kong already know how to say the word no and have some interpretation of what the word means. How crazy is that? No fell in with words like mommy, daddy, baba, or bottle, and uh, doggy came up too. <laughs> you know all the words we, we, we uh, said as children early on. Now, the word no fell right in there with these other important introductory words. What effect do you think that has on a child's psyche? Like, I mean, what, what effect does that have on an adult psyche that grew up like that? And I don't know about you, Zach, but I heard no a lot growing up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Can, can I have I, some candy? Yeah. Can I have that uh, that <laughs> sweet cereal? Right. Can I get a BMX bike? Did you have BMXs when you were growing up, man? Yeah, we had BMXs. I tried to skateboard. I did a little yeah. bit of all that stuff. I couldn't get a BMX. It was, you know, like you can get you can get a a version of a dirt bike, but you're not. I'm not buying a bike that costs that much money for you to ride around the neighborhood and get that took from you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, ma. <laughs> no. But all right, so we so it has an effect on a child's psyche. It has an effect on an adult psyche. I mean, seriously, before we can even walk good, we are saying and understanding this word no. And so as toddlers, most of us learned the word no from our parents. We've all heard our parents or a parent say no. Oh, we've even heard this. No means no. No, no means no. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does not mean no. <laughs> Sorry, parents. No doesn't always mean no. And when we teach ourselves that, again, I'm talking, remember, this whole thing is the mind. I'm, I'm about to dive so deep into this. I, I hope y'all stick with me over the next few weeks. Our mind is our biggest asset. It is also our biggest enemy. And so we got to start figuring out how are we going to take some steps back to deprogram some of the stuff that's been programmed? Hey, I'm not mad if you have a hard time with the word no. You should have a hard time with the word no because it, you, you've been hit with this word so much and nobody's ever really told you how to translate it. I mean, no means no. Or, or is it a word that we use to protect ourselves? I mean, it's another way to think about it, right? Now, I'm right there with all of you. I'm sure I knew this word well when I was one years old, and I also know that I, I had good parents. After all, I mean, our parents used this word to protect us, right? But, but is there a possibility that this word doesn't necessarily serve us the same as we get older? I mean, think about it. 
Our parents will shout out things like, no, don't touch that. It'll burn you. Or no, stay away from the street. So as children, the word no was significant. It was used to identify possible danger and set boundaries. And oh, by the way, it was also used to reject us. Hey, man, I remember this girl. I'm not going to say her name because she might still live in Chicago. Her last name was Hafiz. (laughs) Hey, look, I was in fifth grade, man, and I asked her, I asked her if she would be my girlfriend. Guess what she said? No. (laughs) No. Hey, and I asked one more time, and the second time she said, well, give me some time to think about it. Do you think she ever came back to me after she thought about it? I don't think so. No. <laughs> but that was progress. That was better it's than for, Yeah, it was no. progress. Yeah, I should have came back a third time. I didn't have a heart, bro. I, didn't, I loved her. I loved her. Man, she told me no. And that was the first time. Now, do you think it was easy for me to talk to girls after that? Oh, no. That no, takes a knock. It was hard. It was very hard. They had to come up to me. I wasn't about to take no more rejection. <laughs> Miss Hafiz broke my heart. <laughs> I'll get back to you. I'll give me some time. And then don't never say nothing to me again. That's another way we say no, isn't it? All right. So back to being an adult. So as an adult, how does that play out for me? Right? I mean, what is what is my relationship with the word No. And some of us can't say no, like we don't know how to say no, because our relationship with the word is is so different. And it's such a struggle that we we typically try to do everything we can not to say it. We make commitments that we don't keep all because we don't want to say no. I've had that problem. I know I have. You know, my mom would call me up. Hey, Linnell, you gonna come by later? And before I could even think no, I was, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make it happen. You know, I love my mom. I want to stop by. And my day is already packed. And it's, but no is so bad. And I can't say no to my mama. So uh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know, my. I guess K-N-O-W could mean the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you just say the, the rest of it silently. I know, right? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, just, you know, say the rest of it and just end with no. But I meant K-N-O-W. I don't think it works like that, Zach. But it was hard for me to say no. Some of us can't hear the word no. So this is what I want us to do. Let's do a self-assessment right now. Does hearing the word no change your mood? Because if it changes your mood, it means that there is a word in the English language that once once your ears translate it, sends signals to your brain, to your mind. Send signal to, signals to your mind that you've heard the word no. It then triggers a chemical reaction that causes an emotion. What's that about? Like, are you even aware of it? So here's the thing. So as a coach, what I do is I give practices. So I have a client and we'll work through a particular subject. And part of the way they begin to gain facility and strength around a subject or a particular concept is I'm saying, all right, so your practices for this week are X, Y, and Z. So to my radio audience, the practice that I'm assigning you, write this down, is become aware of your reactions to the word no. 
What are the feelings? What are the body sensations? What happens when you hear the word no? Because that'll begin to tell you what kind of relationship you have with the word. Because frankly, we cannot be committed to something if one word can completely hijack us. Like we got to start. I'm starting from the bottom, you know, and maybe in July we could say we started from the bottom. Now we're here. That was probably a bad joke. (laughs) All right. Anyway. When you hear the word, no, what's going on? And mind you, we're adults, right? But as an adult, you could be throwing an adult temper tantrum. Right. You're not on the floor screaming like a child. But when you hear the word, no, do you have an emotional reaction? Do you get mad? Do you get upset? Or are you really saying, what is this about? What does that word really mean right now? Is it really a no or is it a yes, but? Is it really a no or is it a maybe? And and I think you guys know what I'm talking about. How about this? Saying no makes some of you feel powerful. All right, so you have those of us who don't like the word no, and then you have those of us that do and saying no is a power play how about a good place to uh i said this before zach you probably remember but a good place for some of you to take a look is in your relationships when you saying no what are you saying no to why are you saying no what is it that you're trying to achieve is no a punishment are you punishing someone or Are you saying later or are you saying I don't feel like it? I'm not up to it. I'm just saying. I ain't going to call no names, ladies. All right. So. Yeah, I said it (laughs) on the flip side. Hearing no makes some of you feel powerless. Like so when you hear no, you feel completely powerless. What's that about? So my question is, all right, so I gave you one practice. The second practice is begin to take a look at how. The word no impacts you. Make a list. Like what happens when when you hear the word no? But better yet, what work do you need to begin to do to reprogram your mind in regards to how you experience no in the future? Because no could be standing between where you are now and the life of your dreams. Period. So that's what I have to say about the word no. Hey, now, you might say, what does no have to do with the mind? It's how you interpret everything. I was talking about that emotional reaction. That's all from the brain. That's all from the mind. You can shift that with practice. You can. So how do you interpret the word no? That's that's really the practice over the next week. Now, if I have time, I'll go on to the next question. You know, have you become immune to the stench of your bad habits? Got some time left. So I will. Emma, I'm just going to tell you a story. I, I think I shared this story before. If nobody has anything on the word no. I didn't get any phone calls, so I'm going to keep moving. Okay. If you have something, call me. 773-591-1690. I'll come back to it. Okay. So I'm, I'm moving on. So bad habits. One of the things about being you, right? Me being me, you being you, 
is that we don't have an opportunity to really kind of take a step back and consider what we're doing well and what we can improve on a consistent basis, okay? Now, and, and this is why having a coach is so valuable. It's so valuable because you get, you get to have a weekly checkpoint with someone who is basically taking a look at you, right? They get to see if you're actually accomplishing a goal. They get to help hold you accountable. They, get to, they understand where it is you're trying to go. They understand the intimate details of your life. You know, they know where you're trying to go in your relationships. They know where you're trying to go in your finances. They know where you're trying to go in regards to your own well-being. They know, they know where you're trying to go. And so they get to observe you try to get there and what gets in your way. And so as a result, you have somebody that's basically pointing out bad habits. Okay? So they're pointing out bad habits, and so you have an opportunity to work on them. Now, what about those of us who may not have a coach? What, what can you do? Well, that's what I want to talk about. And so the best analogy that I can give is when you're cooking. So some, some time back, I wrote a post called, What's Funking Up Your Life? And I got the post because, if you didn't know, I can cook. And I was cooking. I had garlic in the pan. And, you know, I cooked some garlic with some chicken and some other stuff. And after I ate, I ran out the house and grabbed a few things, ran a couple of errands, and came back in the house and was like, what is that? I mean, it reeked. I mean, you could smell garlic everywhere. The only reason I knew is because I left. And when I came back, I knew something was wrong. I could see. Now, take a, take a look at your own life. If, if, if you were, if you're living your life and you have an opportunity to kind of step away from yourself and reflect, sometimes you might see things that you didn't necessarily see before. And that's where I'm getting at when I say, have you become immune to the stench of your bad habits? This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.